the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and my co-host Don Dix is joining us again, and we are both securely in our secret underground bunkers at undisclosed locations somewhere in Southern California. There's lots of things to hide from right now, and it, it, it pick your pick your uh, dilemma facing this country. Um, I'm not one to hide, uh, but it just works out easier uh, if you don't have to get on the road and travel half an hour to a studio. So I'm more than happy to save gas and keep my carbon footprint down. You know that, that is the drawback is that um, by not driving, we are not. Uh, fighting the the dreaded prospect of global cooling. So there is that downside, but you're right about the time, the cost, the expense, you know, and we've, and we're diverting from where we were going to go. It's funny how we will start, we'll start the show. Let's, we're going to talk about this. And then our conversation takes us in a little bit different direction. And that uh, we had talked about this a number of times during the, the, the past year about the uh, coronavirus and what effects it might have. And this is one of them is that there's people are learning that you can do a lot of what you did before by traveling to a location. You can now do you can do it from your home or your office without traveling and save that time and expense. And that's likely to be in a continuing effect of the the coronavirus pandemic scan and scamdemic. Uh, it's true. I heard a lot about uh, remote working uh, over the years, and I even heard a lot about the this new concept of how people were going to live in in communities that were built far away from urban centers, um, and just never saw that ever take shape. But I think now that we have a uh, government that has transformed. Uh, significantly the way that uh, the, the way that we live, uh, I have a feeling we're going to see some of that come to pass. We're already seeing it in the way that we telecommute more and more people telecommuting. But uh, uh, you're right. We segued away from something. We've had two very uh, tragic uh, incidents of mass shootings over the past couple of weeks. And the Biden administration has wasted no time and uh, indicating they're going to fulfill their promise for gun control. Uh, but there are a lot of things surrounding these two mass shootings uh, that are worthy of digging into, primarily the the focus on uh, guns. You know, Greg, pencils don't misspell words. Forks don't cause obesity. And cars don't drive drunk. The common denominator there are humans. The one thing that's gotten absolutely no focus over these last two uh, tragic events is the stabil- the mental uh, status of the two individuals that perpetrated these crimes. And I'm going to kick it off with the one that happened in Atlanta because I purposefully would tune in to MSNBC and CNN throughout that week after that unfolded to watch how they were covering it. And I think the guy that gets the award is Lawrence O'Donnell, who on Friday night uh, did what I thought was a pretty good job of, uh, you know, talking about who the victims were. And I think that's important to recognize uh, the, the human side of these tragedies and know who the lives are that were impacted. But. He drew the conclusion that this was a racist event based solely on the fact that the medical examiner's reports showed that six of these people 
were Asian, specifically uh, Koreans in this case, and that that is prima facie evidence of the racism that was occupying that shooter's mind in order to perpetrate that crime. Not a single time did he talk about the individual's self-confessed addiction to pornography. Not a single time did he mention that that individual had had been uh, had received treatment for pornography addiction. Not a single time did he mention of the massage uh, facilities that were that are located throughout Atlanta. How many Koreans work in those massage facilities? And the 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 idea that if you were to go randomly to any massage parlor. Who are the people that work there? Majorly Koreans. He didn't only uh, kill six, you know, kill Koreans. There were other people that died as well. So apparently he's not that much of a racist. But the inability of the media to get uh, to 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 focus on the real issue of what's causing these mass shootings um, has reached epic proportions. Well, it. It analyzes, and this is the trend in in a variety of contexts, not just in the context of crime and the mass shootings, is to view everything through a racial lens. And that's part of the overall Democrat Party policy of getting everyone to view everything through a racial lens and divide the country along racial lines. So it immediately becomes, well, is, it, is, is the shooter a white person? Who were the victims? And you see the same thing in uh, in the Colorado shoot the Colorado mass shooting is initially they were oh he looks white yes you, you almost see you you almost see the uh, MSMs jumping for joy yes we have another white guy who shot people it furthers our narrative you got so the um, I read on uh, one of my favorite news sources Babylon B that the uh, M- that the MSMs uh, once they realized that he was an Arab and a, of Arab extraction and a Muslim had said that well he may be factually Arab but he's morally white and that's and well, obviously that's, that, that's satire on Babylon B but satire is based good satire is based on underlying truth. So you see this, you don't view it as, well, it's Asians. You don't view it as, well, are they Americans? I don't know if these were citizens that were killed in Atlanta or they were immigrants or illegal immigrants. You don't view it as people. You don't view it as Americans. You view it as in terms of what racial or ethnic group the people came from, both the shooter and the victims. And that depends on whether it's a matter of concern. Um, Ten people shot or killed is a it would be an Great weekend in Chicago. To your point, the media, one one member of the media tweeted this out on uh, their social media account with Twitter. The suspected gunman in Boulder, Colorado mass shootings is a white guy. Now, that's based on the pictures that were uh, being presented by the media who watched him. Uh, be marched to his uh, to the to the police car. Then he said, "Cue the men- cue the quote mental issues unquote quote bad day quote unquote parking dispute or anything else that uh, than what he most likely is a white domestic terrorist." And then all, all of a sudden, we find out that this white domestic terrorist, as he was being labeled by most of the media was a, a a naturalized citizen from Syria who was a practicing Muslim. Now, I thought it was interesting that it took so long, given the fact that the suspect was known to police, was uh, uh, in, cu- in the custody of the police. It took tw- almost 24 hours before his identity was released. And in that 24 hours, I'm like, hmm, there's something going on here that they don't want to release his identity. And lo and behold, we finally learn. And so in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, they know who he is. They know his name. They've done a lot of those initial searches. I can understand a couple of hours, but almost a whole day. Um, There's something extenuating going on here. And lo and behold, of course, there was. Sure. 
uh, when you see an incident like that and the name is not revealed, or it's at least for at least for a period of time, as you said, that uh, there is a good chance that it, it is an Islamic or Arab name, and the media tries to cover that up to further the, to further their narrative of what one is. Only we only need to worry about white men, and two that there isn't absolutely no problem with with Islam and terrorism. Those are two completely, totally unrelated subjects. And of course, that's not true. We know that's not true, but that doesn't stop them. Doesn't stop the propagandist from repeating it and repeating it and repeating it. Now, there's another fact about about, about Colorado, the that that shooting, is that. The supermarket there that the, the, it was committed at advertised itself as, I'm going to find the ad here, your one-stop shop for kosher groceries. And this was also the week, we, we, coming this weekend is Passover. So you had the, a shooting at a store that advertises itself for kosher shopping. And committed the week before Passover when Jewish people would naturally be buying for the celebration. But of course, that's not mentioned anywhere. That's that's not mentioned in any of the mainstream media. You can't you, you couldn't talk about that? That maybe that could be a hate crime. Maybe it was an anti-Jewish hate crime. And of course, it doesn't fit the narrative because it was committed by a Muslim. Yeah, and not only that, I mean, had, you know, let's go back to another another shooting that could have ended a lot worse. The shooting that happened on the baseball diamond during the Republican baseball practice. You had somebody that, as it turned out, was a Bernie Sanders supporter who uh, perpetrated that crime. Had that had that or any of these been, uh, you know, somebody other than um uh, had had that had that been someone that was in the media's within the media's narrative uh, that fulfilled that uh, narrative now of white supremacist that shooting would have been in the news uh, for a lot longer. You notice how quickly uh, these uh, events drop from the media attention span when the perpetrator doesn't fit the narrative that the media is trying to spin right now about, um, as you, as you said, during the beginning of our, of our conversation, um, this, this narrative that they've come up with that an individual, uh, fits a particular model that they're trying to, uh, fill even school children with now that a white person is systemically racist and can't get out of their own way right now. And I've got a lot to say about that as our conversation uh, tilts in that direction. But when they're, when the conversation does not fulfill their narrative, it disappears rather quickly from the 24 seven news cycle. Oh yes. Assuming, assuming it ever made it into the, the news cycle. And that's unfortunate. I mean, they're, the media has become these propagandists for the Democrat Party, and they're in no way fulfilling what you think their role, role might be, would be to act as a check and a uh, watchdog on the government and people with power. That was, that was kind of the idea, and that's what uh, you would think the uh, media would do. But, but they are now fully part of the Democrat Party. At least the mainstream media is, and a little bit of a side thing. You watch; they're trying to eliminate any other voices in the media through a variety of means. But just to illustrate this, uh, and I don't know if you heard of the either two cases in the last week as well, is one in which a two black teenagers broke into someone's home, uh, and an elderly white disabled man, and burned him to death. Hear about that? Or that a black man stabbed a white 12-year-old boy in the neck at McDonald's while ranting about white devils. Anybody hear about that one? But you can imagine how the coverage would have been if you would reverse the races in those cases. So your value of your life, whether whether your murder is news or not, whether you're a legitimate object of concern, depends on your skin color and the skin color of your attacker and whether or not 
your this crime that your murder serves the interests of the Democrat Party. A very sorry state of affairs. And with that, we'll pass time here. Let's hear from our sponsor, Ed Hoffman of Summit Funding, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 590, the answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire Radio Show, the show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. We're, we've been talking about the way that the media has been treating these two tragic events, these mass shootings that uh, that get thrust into the national spotlight, largely because it gives uh, the political class and the media an opportunity to push narratives regarding gun control and now a brand new uh, narrative that has emerged out of academia 50 years in the making that's now going to make its way into primary uh, and secondary education. And that is a something called the Ethnic Studies Model Curriculum. Uh, which is, you know, leaving its birthplace of academia in the university system and is now going to be part of the uh, education system uh, of 10,000 public schools serving 6 million students throughout California. California is the birthplace of some of the most uh, uh, progressive uh, ideas and policies, and this particular one uh, is we're really seeing uh, it uh, displayed and manifesting itself in the media when they when they want to label everything that happens as a result of the, uh, the the white supremacist and racism and other forms of power and oppression. This particular uh, curriculum. Greg uh, is in theoretical terms a based on the pedagogy of the oppressed. It's something that was developed by uh, a follower of Marx who argued that students must be educated about their oppression in order to attain critical consciousness and consequently develop the capacity to overthrow their oppressors. So we are in the process of teaching a brand new generation of political activists that are going to be following a certain dialectic, and that is this model curriculum that instructs teachers to help students challenge racist, bigoted, discriminatory, imperialistic, and colonial beliefs that critique white supremacy, racism, and other forms of power and oppression. Ultimately, Greg, this approach enables teachers to inspire their pupils to participate in social movements that struggle for social justice and build new possibilities for a post-racist, post-systemic racist Society. This is taken from an article uh, by somebody by the name of Christopher Rufo. Uh, the article is dated March 10th, 2021, and can be found in the City Journal. It's called The Revenge of Gods, and eventually in the article he gets to a place where he talks about how students are encouraged to participate in chants, Aztec chants, that were done during human sacrifice. Can you imagine the uh, a teacher that might guide students in reciting the Ten Commandments? That would cause outrage, but yet 
leading a state-sanctioned chant to an Aztec god of human sacrifice, well, that's okay. Yeah, and that's almost Babylon B level of satire of ethnic studies, but it's very, which as you point out, it is very real, and it was adopted unanimously by the relevant commission or committee in California to, at this point, it's still, quote, voluntary, unquote, for school districts. But, of course, many of them are filled with people that subscribe to the same ideas and philosophy. And you see that many districts, as well as other local governments, have been adopting these uh, racism as a public health emergency resolutions to implement the same kind of thinking. And what it is, um, underlying it is, well, the civil rights movement was based upon the idea that you should be judged on the content of your character, not on the color of your skin, that the color of your skin doesn't matter. You may be good or bad, smart or dumb, hardworking or lazy, talented or untalented, whatever. But that doesn't matter. But your but your skin color doesn't determine that. Other your individual characteristics and choices determine that. What this underlying all of this is the idea that because you're white, you have that leads to certain other characteristics. So yes. Really, that it is important. Your skin color really is important, and it is an exceedingly pernicious idea. So there, I mean, it's one thing to say, I, Coca-Cola was in the news recently, now known as Woca-Cola, where they forced their adult employees to sit through these anti-white seminars to tell people how bad they're all basically white supremacists and they're bad, just inherently bad people because they're white. And, you know, okay, you, you just keep your mouth shut. You want to keep your job and get through it. But you can imagine subjecting children to this, that white people are inherently morally inferior because they're white and their culture is bad. They're bad. Their parents are bad. And what effect does that have? Do they accept their moral inferiority or do they resist it? Do they divide? I think they Ultimately, you're going to divide people along racial lines. And I think that is their underlying goal, to tear down the country. In part, one of the strategies is to divide Americans along racial lines. We're not Americans. You're black, you're white, whatever whatever your group is, called identity politics. Pernicious and evil, but then we are talking about the Democrat Party. You know, this uh, this curriculum is headed to uh, nearly every school in California, thanks to AB 101. Now, AB 101 is the assembly bill that is going to require one class. Uh, Right now, it's the ninth grade replacing world history in some districts. So this is going to be a class that will replace uh, world history. It depends on the school district as to when that particular class is taught. Uh, but that is going to now be this ethnic studies uh, class is now going to be uh, replacing it. Now, in the the origin, as as is typical in a lot of these things, Greg, the origin of this was very. Um, you know, uh, very noble because the original ethnic studies model was going to just teach people about different cultures. That was the goal, you know, teach people about cultures all around the world and how those cultures, uh, man, you know, uh, were brought here to America in the great melting pot. But what happened was that this was much like a Trojan horse was hijacked by something called critical. Now that that term is going to be familiar to people because um you know we hear about critical race theory uh the crit, the 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 curriculum that started out with fairly noble uh ideas uh called ethnic studies model curriculum has been hijacked by something called critical ethnic studies. We can talk about that as we continue on the Unite IE radio show after the break. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. 
For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that has accumulated in your bank accounts from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available, so if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free, so call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. The uh, great scholar Thomas Sowell said that Mars may not become the first civilization destroyed, not by the power of our enemies, but by the ignorance of our teachers and the dangerous nonsense they are teaching our children. In an age of artificial intelligence, they are creating artificial stupidity. And I think he's being too generous. I don't think this is nonsense. I don't think it's uh, it's ignorance. This is willful and evil by the people that are behind all this. Now, individual teachers, individual people in the bureaucracy may not fully understand what they're doing, but the people that are pushing this fully do. And, and it all the way goes back to uh, a named Gramsci in the 1930s and other Marxists when they figured out that the workers of the world were not going to rise up and throw off their change and establish communism. So they set about undermining the cultural, the culture of countries and their institutions, which they've largely successfully done because there's been no opposition. So the left, which fully includes the Democrat Party now, controls all the major cultural institutions as well as a lot of big businesses and government, colleges, the government-run K-12 schools, foundations, Hollywood. So someone recently remarked, if there's institutional racism... Well, who's in charge of the institutions? And guess who it is? You know, it's funny you should mention that, Greg, because a lot of lately, and when I say lately, over the past three years, when I've spoke, we had the opportunity to speak to groups. I, I've always begun with the, and, you know, I, I just can no longer, um, you know, have the the happy conversation of, you know, we live in the greatest country right now. Uh, we live in a country whose greatness has been largely undermined uh, by the left, who has uh, weren't now now controls the media, controls academia, controls Hollywood and the entertainment industry controls boardrooms and as we saw over the last couple of years with the presidency of Donald Trump controls the bureaucracies all of the major levers of uh, what drives a country and now we got Joe Biden in the office destroying one of the one of the primary uh aspects of nationhood which is a nation's borders if you look at a globe, the striking thing, of course, is you see all of the nation's borders. You remove those borders, and it's just one great big landmass. And that's what the goal of uh, the left is, uh, to uh, remove the borders. We'll talk about what's unfolding in the borders in a moment. But I just want to wrap up for folks on this idea of how ethnic studies model curriculum has been co-opted by the left with what's now called critical ethnic studies. And that's, that may sound familiar because of the 
of, of what we've learned about critical race theory. Anytime you hear that word critical, watch out, folks. Uh, anytime that there's another word that's a modifier of a typical word like justice, modified to be social justice, that means uh, that there is now a change afoot. But I, I wanted to uh, again, just kind of read from this article called The Revenge of the Gods. It's in, you can find it in the City Journal. The author is Christopher Rufo. Uh, date of the article is March 10th. He talks about the, uh, indiv- the, uh, uh, this, this critical, uh, ethnic studies and what it's teaching. Uh, th- what it's going to be teaching children in, uh, in high school now. That's the first place it's going to show up. But trust me, this is going to uh, exist throughout the entire... Uh, you know, you're going to see math problems that will have uh, racial uh, lessons, according to the left in them. Um, what, this is, uh, what, what this is cited throughout the curriculum uh, is that the United States was founded on a Eurocentric white supremacist, which means racist, anti-black, anti-indigenous people, capitalist, which, of course, in the Marxist uh, worldview is class is classist, patriarchal, which, of course, brings in sexist and misogynistic aspects, heteropatriarchal, of course, that's, you know, homophobic, and anthro procentric paradigms brought over from Europe. Now, the document that's guiding this uh, ethnic, uh, this critical ethnic studies, this uh, virus that's been inserted into ethnic studies model curriculum, uh, claims that whites began grabbing the land, hatching hierarchies, developing for Europe and whiteness, which created excessive wealth that became the basis for the capitalist economy. There's so much word salad going on here. And if you, if you, if you, your kids come home from college speaking a language, a foreign language that you no longer understand, uh, th- that's because this has infected their minds. This is the kind of thing that is being going to be taught now. It's moving down from the uh, university level into high school, will eventually be in K through six, unless parents understand what is happening and begin to push back on what will be a part of this curriculum, which is fortunately still largely somewhat optional based on the school district's choices and the teachers. But parents got to wake up and know what's being taught. I think one of the great things about if there are a few great things uh, about the pandemic is parents got an up close and personal look at what their kids were learning and be vigilant, be very vigilant about what uh, about this whole area of ethnic studies model curriculum, because it is a uh, it is a Trojan horse for bringing in some of the most diabolical uh, worldviews. And it's going to turn kids into activists and turn them against parents and their parents belief systems. Absolutely. And it already is being not just the quote ethnic studies close quote course, but this kind of thinking, this anti-American indoctrination, this uh, racist indoctrination. I mean, what is racism? Racism is judging or treating people based on the color of their skin. That is morally wrong, and it's practically wrong. It's a wildly inaccurate way of assessing someone. But they're teaching this in the universities and in now in the government K, K-12 schools, to they're teaching the children to judge and treat other people, other children, based on the color of their skin. And that's just one of the things that infests the government-run school system. We've talked in previous shows about the almost pornographic triple-X sex education that indoctrinates children to... You know, to be, to be promiscuous, to go out and experiment with different different partners, sexual partners, different practices, and teaches, I'm not we're going to go into it again here, highly inappropriate, age-inappropriate uh, sexual matters to children. And that's another, just another example of this. There's, there will hopefully be a government, a 
school choice initiative on the ballot in 2022. That's going to take a lot of work, uh, but we're, that's what we're aiming for. Assuming it passes, it was, it's not going to come into effect until 2023 sometime at the earliest. You cannot, if you, if, if you love God, if you love America, and or if you love your children, you cannot wait two, three, or four years to get them out of the government-run schools. You, you need to find a way to get them out of the government-run schools now. These institutions are non-reformable. The people that think like this, are so, they so permeate and infest the system that you can't reform it. The control is so diffuse between local, state, and federal, the bureaucracies, the teacher unions, the teacher union contract. It's, you couldn't have designed a system in a supposedly democratic, representative democracy country than the government-run school system to be impermeable to parental and voter influence. Get your children out now. And they'll just be dumbed, and never mind that, never mind all this stuff, they'll just be dumbed down. The academic standards have been steadily declining. They're just not going to get taught, they're not going to get taught what children should be taught to be proficient citizens and productive citizens in the country. Well, that's why I think the the recall of Governor Newsom uh, across America was viewed as, I think, the one of the largest grassroots movements uh, of its kind in history. But I think that what has the potential to be even more important and possibly be even more impactful, the, the, the recall of Governor Newsom sent a signal, but the opportunity to send your kids to the school of your choice with the money that you're putting into the system in order to pay for that, I think is an even bigger detail. And so uh, over the next couple of months, you're going to be hearing more and more and more about a school choice initiative. That school choice initiative has the uh, opportunity to not just gain headlines, but to actually have an impact in changing the direction in this country. You know, a lot of this garbage has emanated from California. Wouldn't it be great if California could finally produce something that would begin to move things back in the right direction? The school initiative, which I know uh, you and some of the folks at the Redlands Tea Party have been particularly um, uh, involved in, in getting sort of the preliminary momentum for that started, has it has the, uh, has the uh, promise of, first of all, just by gathering signatures for it when it starts, uh, draining the teachers' union of resources. But if this thing can gather the number of signatures and get on the 2022 ballot and pass, this would be a game-changer in education, Greg. It would be. And just to, in outline form, the way it would work is, under California Constitution, the government-run K-12 schools get 40% of state funding. Now, there's other monies that go into the government-run schools, but there's this block, basic underlying block of money. Right now, that's between twelve dollars and $13,000 per student. And if, if there are initiative passes, that share will go into an educational savings account for each child in California. And their parents can choose to send, use that money at any accredited school, public or private, parochial or sectarian or, or non-religious and they save any money and you can find a good public a, a good school for less than that amount is that you, they can save that money for post high school vocational training or college this has proven to be as we've as we marketed this and sought people to sign up for showing their interest in this in, in a we call a pre-petition almost uniformly People support this concept. Even teachers in the government-run schools have supported this concept. And as we, all the problems we've talked about, what's being done in the government-run schools, it's essential to the survival of the country. Yeah, and I think we, I think we've seen over the past uh, year the extent to which unions control not just school districts, not just curriculum. But politicians, there's no doubt the influence that public sector 
education unions have in in California on the governor. It's the reason that California schools have been uh, have remained closed for so long was the ability of unions to uh, influence the politics of this state. And one of the things that Will Swaim, who's the president of the California Policy Center, reminds people is the amount of money that unions have in order to get their way in Sacramento. Just the California Teachers Association has over $300 million at their disposal to utilize to influence politics. That doesn't count SEIU. That doesn't count all the other school districts like LAUSD school district that's run by the union called UTLA. That's just the CTA. When you add in the, the, the entirety of the amount of money that public unions have, uh, it's no wonder that California is in trouble uh, because the union agenda isn't necessarily what's best for the taxpayer. Absolutely. Even though they'll remind you quickly, I'm sorry, even though they'll remind you quickly that all of the union members are taxpayers, there's a decided difference, Greg, between teachers and the teachers' unions. Right. There are, there are, there are many good teachers. There are many freedom-loving, America-loving Americans that are counted as teachers. And uh, a a very excellent example is our friend and sometimes guest, Rebecca Friedrichs. But they're intimidated. They're bullied within the government-run schools by the union activists. So the union, I mean, it is a Marxist, the teacher unions are Marxist organizations. Um, But not all the teachers are. And that's, that's an interesting phenomenon of why that is, given that, Supposedly, the members of the union elect their intermediate levels and higher and higher levels of the union. But we'll we'll pass on that discussion for the moment. And we're going to take a break here. But after our break, we're going to go in a very different direction. And we're going to see if the truth is out there. After this word from All-Star Collision, the place to take the place to take your car when you have an accident, because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to the Unite, i.e. radio show. The truth show for the most is out important. there. What is it? Say it again. The truth is out there. Somewhere. Somewhere. Are we ever going to get the truth is the question. Interesting Several question. days ago, a former top national intelligence official hinted about an upcoming government report on UFOs. And I got to tell you, Greg... Two things fascinated me as a kid. As a kid, the possibility of the existence of Sasquatch, or over in Asia in the Tibetan mountains, the Yeti, the abominable snowman. Uh, and I think the thing compelled me is I, I wrote a report about it uh, in junior high school. Uh, was the all the first hand accounts of people that, that in sightings, and then of course you have so many first hand accounts and sightings of UFOs, and now that. Uh, this report from the government is being declassified and finally released. Uh, I'm fascinated by that. I honestly do believe that uh, given, you know, some of the video we've seen and the testimony of pilots as they're flying uh, passenger jet airliners and observe uh, these unidentified flying objects doing crazy things that are apparent, that are against the laws of physics uh, as we know them today. I got to believe that there is something out there. What say you? 
Um, interesting. We, we, we share a little something in common is that as when I was younger as well, I was very interested in the subject of UFOs and read a lot, read a lot about them. And I was at the, at the time I was convinced that, yes, they probably were alien spacecraft. And since that time, I've I think my belief in that has 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 faded for for a number of reasons. Um, there were. People see people imagine things depending on what's going on at the time. Is yes, there were reports of witches. I saw witches. I saw the and I saw, I saw this thing. Or in the eighteen nineties, uh, there were a lot of reports of airships being spotted over over America. That was a time that that was that that technology was being developed. And the I guess the, I guess the other thing that kind of ultimately persuaded me on the on the negative side is. You know why is okay? You 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 have this a very advanced supposedly technology that that enabled aliens from from other worlds, probably from other star systems, to travel all these light years, and they're going to hang around and fly over some ship or some base and let and allow themselves to be seen. I go really. Um, there was just a story this past week. Uh, there was a. And it seems to be the Navy seems to be a, a, a major source of the renewed stories that are coming out about this. Is uh, and why it's the Navy? I'm 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 not sure. But there was a there was this light that was hovering over a destroyer off the California coast for 90 minutes. Okay, why? So you're a, you're a, you're you know, why would you why would you know you have this advanced spacecraft? You come all this way for whatever purposes. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hover over the ship for 90 minutes. I think that if they if they were here and they wanted to uh, conduct surveillance and study and okay mm-hmm. let, let's see what these you know like you know we watch the baboons or the uh, chimpanzees in Africa and observe their behavior and so on I think that they could they could observe us without our ever knowing that they're here so I'm probably a little skeptical but you see these you see the, these reports and there is a supposedly in June. The military is supposed to release all that it knows about UFOs. So stay tuned. The, the, the truth may be out there. And, but it, it, it does seem, with all the recent stories, a lot coming from the Navy and the report from the former director of national intelligence, that there does seem something to be something afoot, something afoot about this. Well, there does. And not only is it human beings, either pilots or people on the ground, videotaping, filming, seeing, reporting uh, these items. What I find particularly interesting is besides the sightings, um, the other thing has to do with uh, the uh, sensors that are picking up. Uh, these items, multiple sensors uh, that we have around the the globe that are picking up these these I, these uh, uh, traces of these things, those elements are hard to explain uh, in these uh, unreleased sightings that include movements that are hard to replicate or traveling at speeds that exceed the sound barrier without creating a sonic boom. Uh, and potentially at speeds that we don't have the current technology to be able to uh, to do. I think that there is uh, something to this. I can't explain. You know, you make a great argument. You know, why, how, why do they need to make their presence known when they have the technology to probably observe life on Earth without uh, making themselves known to us? I don't know. I can't explain that, but neither can I explain some of the things that are being uh, watched by uh, F-35 pilots and passenger jet pilots and the many, you know, many of the videos uh, that are seen that are inexplicable. Some are obviously either hoaxes or explained away by natural phenomenon, but there are too many out there that are actually, um, you know, completely defy any any sort of rational explanation based on current technology. That's also that, that is also a good point. Now, uh, if they're tracking on radar, really, the advanced spacecraft from another star system can't jam our radar seriously. But uh, we don't have time you're, you're to delve into that it. They don't want, you're assuming that they wouldn't want to, that they would want us, want, uh, um, us to see them. I don't know. Maybe it's a part. Maybe it's a I don't care. 
or it is a you know to try to make the humans gradually aware of our presence to avoid uh, you know creating some panic. And we don't have time to delve into it, but one of the more, very interesting questions, maybe we'll delve into it in a future program, would be: is okay? Let's say that the government announces yes. We are being visited by aliens from another planet. We've been in contact with them or we're not in contact with them, but yes, they are here. How would that affect society? And we've looked around through history, human history is when a more advanced culture, technologically advanced culture meets a less advanced one, the results for the less advanced one are never good. We don't have time to delve into that this week, so stay tuned and we will continue to seek the truth out there somewhere on Unite, i.e. radio. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California, ID number 10126. Arizona, NMLS license number 0926439. Branch, NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated, NMLS ID number 3199. Arizona license number 0925837. Equal housing opportunity. AM 590, the answer.